Hello, 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 and welcome to the CPG Scoop. We are so happy to have you here today and every day to be able to just share and connect with people that are leaders in our industry. And we are so excited to have Jonathan with us today, who I've known for many years now. I'm not sure how many, but it's been many years. And um, it's always been, it's just been a terrific relationship. You're a very special person and an amazing marketer. So we're thrilled to have you here with us today. Well, thank you very much, Risa. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me and uh, good to see you both. As everybody gets to know you, Jonathan, if you could share with everybody a little bit about yourself, your background, a little bit of your career journey, so everybody gets to know you on our on our audience. Sure. So um, I have spent um, probably longer than I care to admit in the CPG industry. I spent the bulk of the beginning of my career in the beauty industry. So uh, a very long time in some of the major players, Revlon, L'Oreal. I was at a small beauty company out in California. Positions. Most recently, I um, have been in the personal care category at Edgewell Personal Care. I was there for about five years, and that was right before I then came to Kind. So I joined Kind Snacks in 2019. I head up our omnichannel marketing group here at Kind, and you know, omnichannel marketing is kind of an overused buzzword, but largely what we mean by that is uh, both national and account specific, uh, basically mid to lower funnel kind of media and conversion driving tactics. So kind of some of that analog world of shopper marketing, but a lot of this kind of emerging world of retail media support. Um, and like I said, both at kind of the account specific levels for the Amazons and Walmarts of the world, as well as what we consider kind of national programs, so things like Instacart um, or other kinds of tactics like Ibotta, things that are multi-retailer or retailer agnostic. That's great. That's great. Such a background and, you know, just different kind of companies and different points of view. Um, and we've, we've connected at many different stops, but Kind has been one that has been a special, a special place. Um, and we're so happy that you're at, happy that you're there and happy that you're with us today. Thank you. Glad to be here. One of those special brands, because I think for, for all of us who are in this industry, Kind is not only a cool brand to watch, but it's a brand that's probably saved us 1500 times at the, at the <laughs> airport and, and, in between meetings and everything else. So I, I think we all have kind of a, a connection to that. So it makes this extra fun. Um, so our favorite first question always um, is if you had to distill what's going on right now in the CPG marketing space to a single word or a couple words, what would your word be? Sure. And I will uh, preface this by I hate that question whenever you have to distill something down into a single word. And especially um, this type you of question in trying to explain this space, I feel like the word, the definition of the word doesn't do it justice. And so the word that I would use is very dynamic. And I say that it doesn't do it justice because of how multidimensional all of the things, all of the aspects of what, you know, our arena are changing both in terms of consumer behavior, shopping behavior, technology, how rapidly technology is advancing, how that's affecting the way that we do what we do, um, how that also affects consumer behavior and rapidly changes that, like how quickly everything is moving and changing and kind of morphing, kind of the intersection between um, 
you know, kind of what we would consider swim lanes that were very nicely defined in, you know, even five to 10 years ago in terms of social media versus brand media versus, you know, national brand media versus my kind of world of omni-channel, like those intersections are now all over the place. And it's almost kind of stepping on each other at times to figure out, okay, well, social commerce, kind of where does that live? Um, Or that you can create, you know, awareness, consideration, and conversion all within a single, you know, ad unit. And so kind of the space and how quickly it's moving, it, it, I don't feel like dynamic really captures that, but that would be the word if I was forced to pick one. Maybe we need to change that. We can ask people to write a haiku or something about it rather than... <laughs> but you know what I would say? It's kind of in thinking about this also, kind of what it reminded me of is many, many years ago, I was at a conference listening to a speaker who was a really interesting woman. She was actually one of the creators of Designing Women, that the show. Oh, wow dating myself um but she talked about and this was a number of years ago this idea of tension and that tension is really a fascinating time frame when you are in a moment of tension because it is potential energy and so it is energy that is not yet in motion and at the time she was talking about and this is in the early 2000s where she felt like we were in a moment of tension there but what is really interesting is when that potential energy becomes kinetic energy so like when the rock is at the top of the cliff what's interesting is when that rock actually then starts to fall and like once tension is unleashed in society that is where you see this massive amount of change and i feel like that's what we're in right now is that moment where the tension is being released i think that that tension kind of was broken or unlocked so to speak with a lot of the things with the pandemic and how that affected the way that people shop and the way that people behave digitally and the way that people are consuming media and um, and now and then technology I think that the advancements in technology that have happened just over the past you know five years have kind of leapfrogged us into this whole new space where it's unlocked all of that tension and we're in that moment of like massive change and kind of creativity. And the example that she used of a tension kind of unlocked was like the Renaissance. So it's really interesting to me to think about kind of this time frame that we're in as like that kind of moment of Renaissance where there's like nothing but potential. There's all these creative ideas. There's a massive amount of just opportunity and there's that the kinetic energy to be able to tack onto and really kind of ride that wave of what is then this you know moment of like unleashing tension going to really bring uh in terms of kind of a brave new tomorrow what i love about that too is it's thinking about tension in a positive way right people sometimes think of tension as a negative and then they hear that word and their mind goes maybe in a different space and this really reflects on the positivity. I love being a renaissance. I mean, how much better could that be? Like, bring me to France right now, you know, kind of thing. But and my favorite place in the world. But the, the, I love the fact that the tension and the kinetic energy, love that word too, but that the, the thinking of that is, is positive rather than anything alternative, right? It's, it's, I love that. I wish I had heard that. But now I feel like I've gotten a mini version of what you got to hear. And I, I agree. It's very true. And curious with that thinking, Jonathan, too, what opportunities does that create in our marketing world? I mean, you mentioned, too, Omni is very overused, and it's true, but I think folks are trying to figure out what all of this means as far as the consumer journey. But what opportunities does it bring in in your mind, in your marketing world? 
Sure. I mean, it's almost an embarrassment of riches, quite honestly. Like it's kind of what do you go after first and really how do you prioritize things? Because there is so much. Um, if you think about all of these, you know, emerging retail media pla- or retail platforms that are also media platforms. So like Instacart, DoorDash, GoPuff, um, how commerce is now being integrated into TikTok and, you know, other social media platforms. Like kind of where do you go after first and kind of what is the prioritization and then kind of all of the challenges that that brings along with it in terms of what is the right internal structure what is the right skill sets that you need to be applying against these different opportunities? Um, how do we think about investment? How do we then also create those uh, kind of selling stories upstream within our organizations to make sure that you're uh, building a you know a business case for leadership that also that they can understand and that also really quantifies the opportunity and clearly outlines why it is that you're prioritizing things the way that you are. I think that's that's both the challenge and kind of the fun of the moment is that there is so much to go after, but then kind of the the challenge of that is then how do you go about doing that in the most effective way? So how do you, how would you address that challenge? Because I agree with you in a time where there's so much noise, finding the signal in that noise, uh, it's fun because there's so much noise. Um, I'm in a trade show this week, by the way. And I've never seen so much noise at a trade show. It's it, it, And that's great because it's all that opportunity. How do you find the signal in that noise at a time where there is this much dynamic change? Sure. So uh, great question. I think I'm really fortunate to be at KIND, um, especially at this time frame of where KIND is in its life cycle, because KIND has a really solid foundation of being, you know, this uh, kind of startup from the the founder era of when Daniel had kind and now we've gone through an acquisition with Mars and so we still have a lot of that kind of startup energy and mentality we've leaned into a lot of things like during the pandemic we leaned in heavy into the omnichannel space um, we've created you know kind of unique what I, what I would consider unique org structures that I've not seen in any of the previous organizations that I've been in that have really tried to then figure out how to go after this opportunity effectively Interesting. So when you, and this is, this is a hard question because I'm going to ask you to, you know, talk about others, but um, wondering who else you see out there who are doing great things. I mean, we, we all, we learn from this show being able to see what other people are doing. Um, it's always fun to see, to put a couple of companies in the limelight that are doing great stuff. Are there any brands or retailers or anybody that you see out there? doing something that you think is really harnessing this kinetic energy that's being unleashed right now? Sure. Um, I do see quite a bit within like emerging food brands. To me, those are always really interesting to watch because it is, I mean, that was certainly like how kind grew had to be very innovative and different in their approach to going to market and building the brand, Um, especially in competing against the behemoths of like General Mills and Mondelez. And so um, now that is absolutely where I look for 
what are you know these companies that are doing things that are very interesting and how are they developing their brands um an example of that would be you know like that's it which is like a small like fruit bar brand and they've really leaned into some interesting ways of kind of growing their awareness of their brand so really leaning in for instance on instacart and that allows them to build their business in a way that if they had had to go kind of the traditional route of going through the retailers and securing the space and and kind of that more traditional route of developing your brand, that's a lot more challenging and expensive. And they've really identified this opportunity to do this effectively through Instacart. So I very much keep my eye on kind of the upstarts because you also never know when the next upstart is going to be kind of the big behemoth of your competition as well. For sure. How about anybody who um, who's established or, or even somebody outside of your space? Um, is there anyone you see that's really harnessing as well? Sure. I Well, and I do think, I mean, I think the apparel industry has kind of moved into omni-channel much earlier than certainly food and kind of the more traditional CPG categories. Um, I also really love to look at technology partners. Like I really, that's also to your point, I love going to Shop Talk, which has multiple categories that are not in the food and beverage space necessarily right. to really get that good inspiration. Um, last year, I listen to a presentation from the CEO of Levi Strauss and um, really interesting, not only in terms of how he kind of wired his organization to kind of be a new company, even though it was you know well over a hundred years old, but how that then drove the way they thought about innovation. They thought about unique routes to market. They thought about unique kind of ways of like managing strategically their product portfolio. Mm-hmm. And so definitely looking at other, you know, companies or industries outside of the, the space that we necessarily play in, I always find to be really, really inspiring and where you get a lot of really interesting ideas. Yeah, I think it's so interesting to look at other categories. You know, I too, I remember listening to a woman speak at Shop Talk also two years ago from, I believe it was American Eagle, um, also, you know, similar in the apparel industry. And just what they were doing is different, but things that we should be paying attention to in the CPG and the Bed category about how they're talking to younger consumers and bringing younger consumers into their stores. I mean, they in particular, have a very tight demographic. There's a certain number of years that people shop at AE and then they're done. So it's really all in there, but we can learn from that in CPG because we want to get consumers into our brands as early as possible because we want that lifetime value. So there's a lot of learning that we can bring from other categories that are, are really important to understand that disruption or that interception of the consumer, whether it's digital, social, the combination of the two. I love the example with that say too. They've done a great job of having a brand become a brand. And that that's really interesting to watch. Yeah. I even think, I mean, again, kind of dating myself, if you look at the beauty industry and the beauty industry traditionally was an industry that was built around a very specific kind of brand architecture and the way that they went to market in terms of the big national media blanket and everything kind of flowed from that national advertising campaign and really, and using spokes models and kind of this like aspirational kind of beauty construct If you look at L'Oreal really jumped on the bandwagon of social media and understood very early the impact of influencers and not just working with big name influencers, but micro influencers and having a very robust presence within social media. If you see the way the whole beauty industry over the last like 20 years has shifted from this model of brands telling you what beauty is to 
people who you relate to telling you what their construct of beauty is. That is a huge shift for a, an incredibly established industry that L'Oreal, a behemoth, like the largest beauty company in the world, understood and went after that appropriately. If you look at their competitor, Revlon, I don't know that Revlon really did that the same way. And you kind of see the difference in the performance of their businesses now. Revlon still you know, tried to rely on their classic architecture of their supermodels or you know actresses that they develop into supermodels and and they didn't kind of keep current with kind of how consumers were engaging and thinking about beauty from a media and a marketing standpoint and you can kind of see now kind of who came out on top of that do you feel like we've done as good of a job in cpg adjusting to the changes in how consumers engage and buy as some of these other categories? Um, you know, I think beauty is another, it's kind of like apparel. It's its own animal. And I think that beauty, you oftentimes see a lot of really highly innovative things coming out of that industry. It's also the nature of the industry. You know, it, it, it's driven by innovation and um, it's also selling hope. You know, you sell, when you sell something like hope, uh, you have to be very innovative and creative in the way that you do that. Um, so I do think that beauty leads the way in terms of, if you compare it to something like food, which is a much less, an engaging category, even from like a consumer standpoint, you know, you don't buy hope quite the same way in food as you do in the beauty products. Um, I, I, I do think that CPG tends to like traditional CPG and like food and beverage, especially like tends to be a little bit slower. It, you know, I think that's kind of the case with any category that is very highly developed and very highly mature. Um, that is where you, I think it's interesting to look again at the upstarts and how the upstarts can have pretty dramatic change. You know, I was at Edgewell when Dollar Shave Club hit the market and trying to figure out what this kind of new thing was that and how it was like totally different and disrupting the category. Um, it came from a startup and it came from a very like different way of looking at a very highly developed and mature category and addressing you know, pain points like, you know, the, the security locks in store and how just shipping it to your home gets around a very fundamental pain point for consumers. And so looking at kind of the upstarts and how they're doing things differently, I think is always, uh, especially for larger, you know, bigger organizations that are more mature is words of wisdom, <laughs> because you never know, like I said, when that upstart is going to be a dominant player that you're competing against. It's very true. I think it's really interesting that when you are smaller and scrapper, like scrappy, like they were talking about when you're entrepreneurial, the things you can achieve tend to be greater than the more traditionals. And the traditionals are paying attention to the upstarts of the emerging brands because they're doing things differently. Uh, they're gaining customers and they're really thinking about the customer in the driver's seat versus the customer along any kind, and Jennifer knows I feel, there's no funnel to the consumer. They don't understand any of what we do, right? In marketing and advertising and messaging. And they don't, they just, if a product makes sense for them and they're interested and we've done a, a great job telling them the reasons to believe and make it easy for them to buy, we win. It's very straightforward, but thinking of things in certain models or structures or ATLs and BTLs and funnels and all of that mar marketing speak is not how the consumer lives. The consumer does not live at all in that, in that world. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Keeping the consumer at the forefront. I think it, it is, that is oftentimes where CPGs lose their way. 
Um, and understandable, you know, organizations develop a, a, a model of success. And so once they've established that, it's replicating that success is what uh, is kind of their goal. But what that then sometimes loses sight of is keeping the consumer at the heart of that because that success model might change if consumer behavior changes. So always good uh, to keep the consumer at your forefront. Absolutely. And we always like to, you know, when we started the CPG Scoop, Jennifer and I, and we had this wonderful opportunity that the CPG guys kind of gave us this, this platform, which we're so appreciative of. But Jennifer and I have said, you know, what we'd like the Scoop to be, and we do believe it has really been, is a conversation that we might have had over coffee. I'm in a coffee shop right here in the state of Michigan, but where we would have had more coffees or more lunches or more opportunities to connect and talk rather than everything being so structured on Zoom. Um, we want people to feel like they're joining in on the coffee or tea conversation with us. But we'd like to kind of wrap up our CPG episodes with our guests to, to say, you know, we know that the last three, four years have been not the typical, um, and they still continue to be in evolution. And what have you done, Jonathan, to kind of either bring a new hobby or a new perspective into your life during this time? And what will you also continue forward with from that? Sure. Um, I think the biggest thing in managing through kind of dynamic, to use that word again, uh, times, uh, keeping a sense of humor is for me always first and foremost, you know, especially, you know, in a job where we sell you know, energy bars and snack bars. I'm not saving the world. So, you know, keep good perspective and definitely keep a good sense of humor. The other thing I would say is embrace the change. Uh, you know, like it, it, it's coming. And so fighting it is fighting the current. And if you embrace it and then swim with the current, you'll go a lot further, a lot faster. So I think kind of that whole concept of leaning in and, and understanding too, you might need to retool some of your own skill set. And hey, the world is changing. And that's good news and bad news for everyone because it's changing for everyone. So all of your competition is in that same place. So the best way to kind of get ahead of it is to kind of lean in and embrace the change. All with a sense of humor. <laughs> I love that too. It is it is good to have a sense of humor and to not think, take things too seriously. And you have always had that great balance of, you know, achieving, you know, being driven, but also being warm and fun and great to be around and with a laugh and a smile. And I have to say that goes a long way. It really does. <laughs> well, thank you. Yes, that and a good martini. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I keep... I. Actually, coming back really quickly to one thing you said about, you know, um, food and beverage is different from beauty because it's not selling hope. I think every time I bought a Kind Bar, it's with the hope that this is a first of many future great choices and hope that I'm about to really enjoy something. And and so, yeah, I think and, and that martini, too, I think you buy that with the hope that, you know, 30 minutes from now, <laughs> some of the tension maybe will have been dispelled a different way. But it's it it you've you've really helped open my mind. I know today to a lot a host of all new ideas, and um, I'm really excited about looking at tension a different way and saying this is just possibility. So yeah, agreed, agreed. We're so happy you came and joined us. That story was amazing. You know, yeah, so amazing to hear, and you know, just helping people look at the glass half full. You know, when it comes to tension and change and dynamicism. Um, and just all of it, you know, from career and life, you know, glass half full is better than glass half empty. That is for sure. 
Yes, especially if it's full of the good stiff drinks. So. <laughs> Absolutely. And a kind bar and a kind bar. And a kind bar. And a kind bar. Absolutely. That's like your dinner of champions right there. Kind bar and a martini. Agreed. Yeah. So great. Well, thank you so much, Jennifer, for joining us today. You are always just have a lot of great wisdom and a great thought and you're you know, thinking ahead for your businesses and your career and reflecting on learning everywhere you go. And we hope that's a strong takeaway from today's session. I'm sure it will be. So we're really appreciative of you joined us today. Thank you so much for having me. This has been really fun. So thank you very much. And uh, I had a great time and you have a great day. Thank you so much. Thank you everybody for listening in. Thank you for joining us today. Bye-bye. Thank you.